0: Thank you for joining us
1: on the Shrink Think podcast.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. We're excited to be here with you today talking about some fresh new content, bridging the gap between clients and therapists. Nathan and I are both licensed therapists here in Oregon and approved board approved supervisors, so we see a lot of people and help a lot of Clients directly and indirectly, and we just love the whole topic of being in therapy. It's like, I mean, we're pra- we're practically in therapy all day long, <laughs> whether it's our own or <laughs> for other people. We go to therapy like twenty four seven. We don't actually, but we also record this podcast, so it kind of feels like it. Um, but we're excited today to be talking about an interesting question. And I guess I'll pose the question to you, our listener, if you have ever gone to therapy or are in therapy right now. The question is this, why aren't you fixed yet? So with that, um, before we jump in, I would like to have you pause to that cliffhanger and hop on over to, if you are listening to our podcast on Apple or Spotify, head on over to those podcast platforms. Yes, if you've been listening to this podcast recently, you heard me right, Spotify, boom, they join the club. Who knows when? Maybe it was months ago, and I just didn't know it. But um, you can now rate a podcast by adding stars. We would love for you to head over there, rate our podcast, give us five gold stars, and uh, let everybody know how awesome you think we are, uh, how valuable the content is, what you've learned from it, how you've benefited from it. We're trying to get the word out because we, we just love what we do. We value helping people, and we want you to be informed and entertained along the way. And the way that we can pass that word along is by heading over to the podcast stores, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeart, whatever you can rate us on. Go go to all of them and give us five-star reviews and tell your friends about us. So, Nathan, this question, what the heck? Why are you not fixed yet if you go to therapy? What is that even all about?
1: It's funny. The reason why we are doing this is because I was talking to you about how I was working with this couple And the guy goes, um, so what do I have left to do? I'm like, what are you you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, uh, so my girlfriend is wondering why I still come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, you're still going to therapy? Why? (laughs) And
1: I'm like, what? I don't, I guess I don't even know. (laughs) You know, that's disconcerting on several (laughs) levels, to be honest, because one, I'm sitting there thinking like. He drives the boat every time he comes in. I mean, I'm just more so responsive based on the goals, you know? Right. So my first thing was, what did you tell her? I mean, like, and then why are you asking me? (laughs) I mean, this is like this whole process. But then I started thinking about it and I started realizing like, you know, it's kind of a common thing because what happens is someone decides is like on you about you need to go to counseling. I don't know what your problem is, little bucko, but you're creating a kind of a living hell for me. So go get fixed, you know? And like, so the person comes in and and you usually know right off the bat, I want to hear what you have to say about this, Aaron, but like the the person doesn't have much to say and they're like, okay, so what do we do now? Like whatever it is, you know, Like, and you're sitting there thinking as a counselor, like somebody told you to come in, didn't they? Like, and the crazy thing is there's all this intake paperwork and so you almost wonder, like, how did you get through all this intake?
0: <laughs> and what were you thinking when you were filling it out? Like, OK, I check all these boxes. Like, oh, but then at the end, we have a question on it. It's like, how severe is the, the problem to you on like a one to ten or zero to ten scale? And like they might check off a whole bunch of symptoms and then say, like, it's like a three. I'm like, wait, you're having flashbacks, blank memories. You're losing time. <laughs> You've got... uh traumatic events that have happened in your life and it's only a three in your life. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I actually have seen on one intake, um, my wife told me to come.
0: Like I was like,
1: it's insane. So we're so uh, there is that one side of the coin, but the other side is that um I I feel like a lot of times when somebody's going in, they they do have ownership of their process, right? And things are going however they're going, hopefully hopefully generally in a positive direction a well when they you know keep coming in and then um they come in kind of frustrated because their partner's like asking like what's the deal why are you still going why aren't you fixed yet type of a thing and sometimes people they don't know what to say right because it's it, that's implying a couple of things one nothing's changed you're doing the exact same thing that you've always done and two Um, you're wasting your time, you're wasting our money if it's a shared financial situation. And that's all irritating. And it's very deflating to the person because like they could be thinking like, wow, I feel really different. Things are going a lot better. But like, but they're not for the other person.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, it's kind of predicated on this expectation that therapy is some sort of a magic wand or a magic pill. And while we do conduct magic on a regular basis, (laughs) it it (laughs) doesn't... (laughs) Yes, it doesn't exactly work like that. Um, And so there's these expectations that, okay, you go to therapy, maybe even for a couple of months or for like, you know, a handful of sessions. You've been there for like eight, 10 times. It's like, hey, why isn't everything not different or why are you not drastically different? It's this expectation of what the whole change process is like for the person that's going to therapy. And so I think that's partly why the disappointment or discouragement can happen. I think there's another thing that's also going on that it's people often have the wrong idea about what change looks like. And I would even say a lot of people really don't even know what change looks like. For example, somebody can come in to therapy and they can work really, really hard. And I've seen this internally, like the work that we're doing, they've made significant strides in what they think and how they feel and how they're responding to things. And maybe, let's say it's been like two, three months that we've been working really hard on something very specific. And they'll have an interaction with their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their spouse or a friend or something like that. And they'll come back in the next session, they'll say, I had a really discouraging conversation where they'll say that there was a situation, they employed all these new skills and techniques, they like managed themselves and they responded differently. And then the partner's like, i or this this other person is like i yeah i guess i can't really notice a change in you and the other person's like wait what are you talking about i did all these things the other person's like uh that's not visible to me and so what i usually tell people is that what feels like you've run 10 miles on the inside of yourself on the outside to the other person might only look like you've gone an inch and that can be really frustrating and discouraging because they're looking for these massive changes. But that's not how change happens.
1: Right. And so I think even in that, it's like part of it. If you're the person, for example, that's heard that that's heard, like, why aren't you why aren't you fixed yet type of thing or or what's going on? Um, I would I would encourage you to articulate what has been going on, because a lot of this stuff is is way more internal. I mean. The issue of change happens inside first. Um, You you do sometimes see like a significant um, behavior change. If somebody's, for example, one thing might be um, take anger. Okay, so somebody is typically angry all the time and maybe you notice they're angry less. And so but they rage out, you know, still. And then then the person gets the question like, what, what, what's the deal? I thought you were fixed. What's going on? Why aren't you fixed yet? And it's because it's a process. I mean, the person's done some internal work. Things have lightened up. There is an overall mood. But with anger in particular, if you're the person that's experiencing it, you are constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. So just because the shoe took longer to drop (laughs) doesn't change anything for you. Because for you, you're like, I knew it. Like, all he did was like, like, white knuckle it for a little bit longer. And now it's happening again. Well... On the other side, and then maybe when you get the guts to say, because I, I, I imagine you would have to have some courage to say, like <laughs> to the angry person, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um,
0: why aren't you fixed yet? <laughs> you know, like, and he's I was like, kind of uh, wondering, maybe a little bit, why, maybe sort of, why aren't you fixed? <laughs> Please hear <laughs> <what I> me. Mean. <laughs>
1: this is why I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, turns into death metal real quick. Um, no, but so what, what you would need to do part of, and, and what I try to tell people to do when they'll say something, when that guy was talking to me about that in the first place of his partner, wondering about it, I was like, well, what are you noticing? What's different? And the more we talked about it the more he realized like everything's not visible, like, and, and there's a huge piece of this, um, which I want to go into a little bit more later, but I'm going to mention it now with this guy is a knowledge base, right? So he had to learn a lot. There was just a lot he didn't know. Um, and so how do you say that? I mean, <laughs> the thing of it is, is there's two, there's one of two things that happens with, I think, and it's pretty, it's pretty black and white when a person comes back for therapy. So they go to the counseling session, then they come home. The partner will either say like, tell me everything, or they'll pretend like nothing happened. Like they either want to know everything you got, or they really are pretending like nothing happened. You might want them to ask, you know, ask what's going on. But they seem not to care, and then it'll come up like in a dinner sometime or whatever, and so um, it's hard to share that knowledge. Like, oh well, what I've learned is X Y Z, you know, and X, you know, W X and Y is not visible yet, you know, whatever I'm doing, and so it could be very frustrating.
0: Yeah, and some of that knowledge that you're talking about is like, in a sense, it's common sense. Um, It sometimes when people are learning things, the knowledge is like. It's like you were throwing darts at a dartboard, and you were always around the center, maybe even pretty close. You know, like a couple of uh, of, of circles around the the center circle, um, but not quite there. It's like if you were just watching somebody throw darts, you'd be like, "Wow, that's not too bad, right? At least you're like hitting the dartboard, you know, like, on the, <laughs> like throwing it into the wall and like making holes." Um, so, some of the knowledge that that you're getting from counseling is like moving you from where you were to a little bit closer to this uh, some target. Maybe it's closer to your values or it's maybe helping you learn something you didn't even know. But either way, moving, gaining some of that knowledge, it can be really subtle and it can be common sense. So you can share this with people that you're close to and you can say, oh, I learned this and I can I learned that. And to the other person, it might actually seem like common sense. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or like, oh yeah, oh, you didn't know that. Oh, okay, cool. And But you, they don't really know the significance of what that knowledge means um, to you personally of like why that's a big deal to learn that, maybe how off you've been. You know, again, I said that you've been close to that target, but in a lot of ways, you've also been very far away. You, you were close, but even just a little bit of deviation from that over time can cause you to really not hit the target. And the other person is the one who's really experiencing that. So that knowledge base is like, I don't really know what it means to you, but also I don't know how it impacts things. And all that stuff is like, that's a lot of conversation that would need to happen to unpack that if you're just learning stuff, that's really difficult to convey to somebody.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other things that one of the main um, contexts that this comes up in, um, I'll say this is literally what our podcast is trying to help with, is the person that typically asks that question of why aren't you fixed yet? doesn't really understand counseling. They don't really get the process. They'll typically ask that question inside of like 12 sessions that you've been to something really low and people are like what? Yeah. Insurance companies really want you to be done before you start. Like, did you go to counseling? Well, I thought about it. Yes. Are you done? Um, you know, like, um I guess I'm not going. So yeah, you know, everything's fixed. And that's kind of how they are. So, um, so there is, because of that, There's this big part of culture that does support this idea that you need to be done immediately and then on the flip side there's another side of like nope you're into counseling so you're never done you know you're going to be going like it's very popular and and this was true when it first came out for some people first came out meaning like back back in the psychoanalysis days with with freud and like all the uh, contemporaries that came after that um, but then it went through this lull where like, Oh, you don't go to there. You must, you're crazy. If you go, to you must be nuts. Um, and those are the words that, that would be used. And so, but now it's got back into this whole thing of like, um, and I think it's partially because of the, the social media culture, which is, I think separated us, um, as humans and we don't really have a place to share deep thoughts, actually human to human. Right. So there's this whole movement now where people are going into therapy and staying for a lot longer. And those people will probably not ask you like, why are you, why aren't you fixed yet? Or, or, whatever, because they know like, oh, you're probably in a process, you know, like, and, and they may not, they, they also may not want to necessarily ask different things, but I would typically that, so all that to say that another thing to share would be this idea of, of 12 sessions or, or and you're supposed to be done is like I would tell the person like, well, I mean, I am I have done some internal stuff that you probably don't visually see. And also therapy is not done typically in six to 12 sessions, not even in not even in 20. Um, So at any rate, it's something to consider with the other people that are in your life.
0: Yeah. and And it's a plug, sure, for our podcast, but also it's a helpful tool. We did an episode recently that was called When You Run Out of Things to Talk About in Therapy." I think it was like episode 103. And so if you want to send your, you know, your friends, your family members to that episode, that can actually be really helpful. Because if they're on the other side with that perspective, thinking like, okay, you know, here are the things that you want to go and talk about. Oftentimes people will come in, talk about those things and say, okay, well, that's all I had to talk about. And we've talked about those things. (laughs) What now? I mean, they can be in the same boat. Right. And that episode addresses, well it's not just about talking about those things. That's like the beginning of it. Now we're ready to get into the, like the deeper change. And um, I just, as you were saying that, that, the whole social media thing, I just wanted to throw this out there. Uh, we were getting, Nathan and I were getting drinks last night after work and, and some food and um, we we're talking about <laughs> some food and, and some food. And we had some water also, to be honest, <laughs> it was a full meal deal. Let's just talk. We, we had dinner. I just didn't. Anyway, so, um, it just sounds cool to be like, yeah, we grab drinks after work. That's awesome. Um, but we we were talking about uh, movies and things to watch. And you had said something to me about, like, do you watch stand-up? And I said, oh, yeah, I like some stand-up. And you told me about this one lady, Taylor Tomlinson. And I started watching her last night. And you were like, oh, yeah, she, does, she talks about bipolar and, and going to therapy. And as I was watching this last night, I was like, this is so good, like, also, this is kind of like her public therapy, like debrief. Right, you <laughs> right. know, it's like that's exactly what you're talking about. Where somebody comes up and she's talking about her whole experience. Like she asks the audience, like, "Who's taking medication?" Shout it out. What are you taking? Oh, we got some Lexapro. We got some Xanax. Oh, the whole crew is here. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, but that's great. That's this idea that we're actually taking ownership of our mental health and that it's more of like an ongoing sort of a thing. But the the reason I mention her. Is because in that stand-up show, she does talk about some of the stuff her therapist talks about. Like, you know, these are all the experiences you've had and it's connected to um, the symptoms you're having now. And this lady is saying like, oh, good. Now I understand that. Like, am I done yet? And the therapist is like, no, that's just <laughs> the beginning. And it's true. This, that's the change process, right? You can see all those things and understand all those things about yourself and about your life. But understanding or awareness itself doesn't just fix you. You can know all those things and probably you've known all those things, but knowing what to do differently about it or how it's impacting you and influencing your behavior and then even changing those patterns, that's itself its own process.
1: The, the other side of this coin, this three-sided coin, I
0: guess at this point, <laughs> is that... Also, if you find a three-sided coin, please let us know. <laughs> Send it to us. I want to see this. Yeah. The, um, the other
1: side is that if... I would, I would want to ask the person that said this to you, like, you know, why aren't you fixed yet? I would want to say, what were you hoping that I fixed? What is it? Because um, it, <laughs> you'd be sitting there thinking, like, I, you can trust the fact that you've done some stuff, right? You're not wasting your time. You, you've learned something, you're employing something. And there may be something that you're not re- like, you kind of know you're on the edge of. And when you hear that, it feels like it disqualifies all of it. But the reality is the person may be coming from a totally different perspective. So I'd give, I'd give the opportunity to find out what are they even talking about? Like, what are you expecting? And they say something like, well, I, you know, you've got the anger thing. They say something like, well, I can't believe that all of your, you keep leaving stuff out around the house all the time. And it's been really annoying and you keep doing it. And you're like, uh, what? Well, I just thought you'd get more organized. Your life would get more... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: like, I came in for anger. <laughs> like You know that
1: I have this anger problem that you complain about. I, you know, like, yeah, but I thought you were just leaving it around to, like, torture me. And you're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. So, yeah, just asking the question and figuring out um, what they're talking about, I think, would be helpful.
0: Yeah, and there's another question that I'll usually ask people as well, as they're making some of these changes and they'll say, you know, like, wow, I just feel so much better. You know, I feel like I'm fixed or something like that. And to me as a therapist, I'm kind of surprised because maybe it has been a short amount of time and I'm, I'm actually really usually surprised. And I'm like, oh, okay, well tell me what's been different. Mm -hmm. And they'll say like, oh, this is different. I just feel better, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's really great. And I, I mean, obviously I want you to feel better. But that's just a feeling. Oftentimes, people go to therapy. You you can share what's been going on. You get it off your shoulders. Maybe you learn a thing or two. You change a thing or two, and it's like, wow, this is great. But that's not really the lasting kind of change that you're really looking for. And so, as I dig a little bit, I'll usually ask questions of like, "Um, "Great, well, how did how did you come to that conclusion? Or how did you when you made that change? What was different about your thought process or your belief? Or was that based off of a different value?" And most of the time people will say, oh, I don't know, I just did it and it felt right or something like that. And I'm like, well, how do we have any assurance or confidence that you can choose that again in the next time? It's almost like you stumbled upon this new thing. You're like, wow, I'm fixed. Um, (laughs) Right. It's not that you've really made some of these deeper lasting changes that you can repeat over and over again. And then also here's the other thing. How long have you been living with the problem as it has been? You know, if you're uh, a young person, you know, 20 years or so. It's like that's a pretty decent amount of time. If you're older, then it's like 30, 40 years that you've been living this way. And then after like 10 sessions or 10 weeks, 2 months, 3 months of therapy, you're going to change a 20-year habit or a 30, 40-year habit? It just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, but part of what what uh, we'll do with some folks when they want to when they want to look at that is I'll, I'll even tell them like, here's the deal. We, we have to decide what this life change is going to look like. We have to look at it, right? That when you talked about the grief and loss change process a few episodes ago, probably like 20 ago at this point. That's weird. At any rate, because it feels like it wasn't that long ago. Um, but yeah, so there is an adjustment time where you actually are going to go, wow, my future is going to be dramatically different than my past. And it's not going to happen from this slow evolutionary process over a long some time. Because really, even if therapy was a year long or, or even two years long, that is a short amount of time and the amount of like 25 years that you've used to build a habit. And so switching that over can be a long time. We thank you for listening. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt, and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life.